Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. As a kid, the, uh, the mental image of no room at Christmas was probably something like this where you have a, a tree filled with presents underneath to the point where there's hardly any room to walk around it or through it or, you know, when somebody else comes to bring more, you know, what do you, where are you going to put this? You know, my, one of my first impressions when I uh, first started dating Claudia over Christmas season and was invited to the family Christmas you know, we went to her grandfather's house and, and the whole front room was the gift room. Wow, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was a little overwhelming. But that's every kid's dream come true about having no room left at Christmas. But yet, as an adult, um, no more room at Christmas is probably gonna sound something like Frank Barone from Everybody Loves Raymond. No more room. Yeah, we understand that. So as we consider, have you got room this Christmas? You know, maybe we need to ask ourselves, is there any room for Jesus? Kind of like the original story with Joseph and Mary when they found there was no room in the end. The truth is, from Thanksgiving week through the first week of January, life is just so full. Have you got room this Christmas? Oh, I'm not talking about a hotel room or a manger, but just in your life. Do you have room this Christmas? Or is there a no vacancy in your life, even for Jesus coming into it? I mean, we say it a lot this time of year. I, I don't have room for that. Whether you're talking about more dessert, you know, like Frank, or whether you're talking about the, the Clark Griswold tree that unfolds into the house and out the windows and around the corner and even into the neighbor's house because your eyes in the, in the tree lot were bigger than your house. Or do you have, do you have no room because of the year-end reports? or the school programs for your kids or your grandkids and all of them and all the different, yeah, you get it. Or is there room because of the shopping and, and the wrapping and the gatherings? There's really, really only one solution. We have to make room for the things that matter most. And the only way to do that is by purging the things out of our life that empty us, that drain us, to the point where, and it sounds like a mixed metaphor, right? To talk about having no room in your life and then being drained, but it's all related, isn't it? The fuller life gets, the emptier you feel. The reality is this, we, we can only experience what we make room for in our life. So the question is, do you have room left for hope in your life? 
The author of a book, Rick Page, made this observation in the title of his book, Hope is Not a Strategy. Most people talk about hope as though there's, there's nothing really more to it than just making a wish. That something that's uncertain would become a reality. You know, kind of like Ralphie hoping that there would be a Red Ryder BB gun under the Christmas tree. It was uncertain because everybody was against him. And yet he hoped that it would be a reality. But there really wasn't any confidence there. But for people who put their trust in God, hope is so much different. Because for people who put their trust in God, when everything falls apart, when nothing makes sense, when you've got way more questions than answers, Hope is the confidence that we've got. Hope is the reassurance that we've got. Hope is what we believe is coming in spite of the fact that nothing has been seen of that yet. So that's why we ask, is there room left in your life for hope? A good friend of mine was preaching about hope one Sunday and he was a rather enthusiastic preacher. He tended to get wound up at times and really lay it all out there and he'd get kind of carried away with himself. And he was, he was preaching about hope and how every soul needs to be a soul full of hope. And that's when it went south. Because instead of every soul, everyone needs a soul full of hope. See, you can tell, I had to think really hard about this to get this straight. Otherwise, it'd be just like him when he said, Every, everyone needs a hole full of soap. <laughs> kind of lost the point, you know, and people started snickering in the audience, and he was still giving it what for, and then he's at the same time replaying, what did I just say? Why is everybody laughing? And when he realized it, he holds up his Bible in front of his face and all he can see is the Bible and his shoulders shaking up and down while he's trying to compose himself. But we all do need, now, now I gotta think twice. <laughs> we all do need hope for our soul, right? It's what sustains us. It's what keeps us going when things are tough. Paul understood that, and that's why he wrote to the Romans to reassure them that their faith was built on the reality, not just of, of Christmas Eve wishes, but that their hope was built on the reality of Jesus' arrival and his resurrection. It wasn't based on church tradition. It wasn't based on church teaching. Their confidence was built on something that was undeniable and real. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It's in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. that says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. 
Do you need room for hope in your life? It starts, as Paul did, with prayer to the God of hope. As Christians, we believe that God is the source of our hope, and that's our motivation to reach out to him in prayer. It's reflected by that singer-prophet who connects prayer with hope like this. that was intentionally timed to wake you up in case you drifted off. <laughs> I want you to remember that there is a reason for hope. And it's not just people in church praying. It's a realization that we all pray to God because we recognize he is the source of our hope. If there's no room left in your life for God, then what is the source of your hope? What are you hoping for? Who are you hoping in? Who have you been turning to when you need help, when you need hope? If not God, who? If not God, what? Your bank account? Well, that could go pretty quick. The stuff under the tree? That can burn up with one bad extension cord. Your parents, your friends, your success. See, the bottom line is this, that anybody that isn't eternal, that we're placing our hope in, is short-lived. These may be some of the typical things that we hope will turn things around in our life, but they're just like Christmas display packages. They're pretty to look at, but they're empty inside. That's why if you're not making room in your life for God, don't be surprised if your life is just that empty when it comes to hope. He says in verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. It's not just a Christmas Eve song about joy and peace. Hope's the only thing that eventually will satisfy our search for that. To discover again what makes you truly content in life. We'll recognize that as joy. We'll describe that as peace. But there's that contentment. There's that sense of it doesn't matter what's going on. It, it's okay. Now, I don't have a clip of it, but it's like the... Kenny Chesney song a few years ago. You know, kids are a little messed up, but we're all right. You know, sometimes life messes us up, but it's that sense of God is bigger than what's messed us up. And hope is what we continue to look for somewhere, in someone, for something, anything that can give us that sense that it's going to be okay. But it's more than just an optimistic outlook on life. Like some kind of, oh, you remember the, the commercials a few years back for the Snuggie blanket? You know, you're right, okay, uh, this would be curious, but I won't ask because I don't want to embarrass you in a show of hands how many bought a Snuggie blanket, but I don't want to know, I don't want to judge you. But it's just that, that sense of assurance. 
And when our lives are so jam-packed that it's stolen any sense of joy because anxiety has pushed us over the edge of peace, we need something solid to stand on, some place to rebuild our life. It's like Jesus when he talked about, you know, building your life on the sand or building it on the rock. We need some place more than rainbows and butterflies. And if that's all church is, if that's all preaching is, it's going to fall flat on its face when we've been shoved flat on our face. You see, we need the reassurance of God's message, peace be still, to quiet our heart with that kind of confident expectation that God's got this. He goes on in Romans <clears throat> In Romans 5, verses 3 through 5, to say this. We can rejoice even when we run into problems and trials. You see, that's the realistic part of Scripture. That's the realistic God that we have, an acknowledgement that faith is not just tra-la-la skipping through life. It's a recognition that there are problems and trials in life that are bigger than us. And yet, in the midst of that, he says, we can rejoice, for we know that they'll help us develop endurance. I ran cross-country. I don't like the word endurance at all. I've lost weight. I've gained weight back because I did not like the word endurance. And yet when it comes to our faith, when it comes to making room for hope, endurance is exactly what we need. And that's why he says endurance develops a strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this is the hope that will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. God, God is the source of endurance and character and hope. Our confidence of this is built on the story of Christmas itself, that God knows, God cares, and God works. The Christmas story isn't just another long, long time ago in a land far, far away fairy tale. It's the story of a real-life person's birth, their life, their death, and then what happened after death. And it's an established historical fact, but that's what gives us confidence. For no matter what comes our way, even today, in the problems and trials that we face, in those things where we begin to wonder, how's this going to work out? Maybe, just maybe, our life is filled with the leftovers of what you have done to blow up your own life. And now you're trying to find peace and space to store things like guilt and frustration and shame and embarrassment of the failure that you made of your life. Joy and peace? That's for people that never messed up, right? That's for people in choir robes on, on December 24th. What do most of us do with disappointment, guilt, and hurt? <laughs> well, we wrap it up, we put a bow on it, and we stash it someplace in storage. How you doing? Great! 
just great. I'm good. Really? Nobody knows what's filling your life underneath the surface of the wrapping paper of a smile and a lie. All of that disappointment, all of that hurt, all of that guilt, it all pulls us into a downward spiral of cynicism. It's the first responder to the next emergency in our life. I mean, what's, what's, if you don't think you're cynical, let me ask you this. When you see this next picture, what's the first thing that comes into your mind? Is that a permanent marker? What else did they draw on? Or if they're your three kids, and notice, I mean, you might as well name them Bing, Bang, and Boom, right? Because they're just that close in age. I don't have time for this. I told you to get ready for church. Sometimes it's just... Life has been so jaded by experiences like that that disappoint us that, that when we get that next text message, well, what, what's your reaction when you see a text message that says, we need to talk? Now, like Victoria, I'm not that sure if I know whether Rob's receiving this or whether Rob's sending it. Nonetheless, Rob's life is about to blow up. Or what happens when family walks in the door at holidays and you take that big breath and you brace yourself? Do you assume the worst at first? What happens when people who disagree with you about politics want to sit down at the same table and start talking about politics and you have sworn off that topic for this year? Do you automatically assume the worst first? about people or circumstances. You see, cynicism will fill our life with defensiveness, criticism, and escapism. We'll do anything to get out of that room. We'll do anything to not have the talk that Rob's about to have, apparently. And if you're on this downward spiral, you know as well as I do that it only leads to one place, and that's emptiness. Because now... You've learned to distrust others because they've hurt you too many times. They've disappointed you once too often. And the pain is just something you can do without. And all of that leaves you not with hope, but instead leaves you with a sense of hopelessness. But Paul comes to the rescue with more truth to bring into our life. When he says this in chapter 15, verse 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, not your family, God, not Washington, God. Not me, God. God is the source of hope. And he'll fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Whatever's making the, uh, taking up place and, and the space of hope in your life, you've got to find room 
You've got to make room to be willing to trust him again. Take all of the stuff that's left over from the past and trust God to deal with it in a way that he can give you hope. He knows what betrayal feels like. He, felt he, he knows what abuse feels like. He gets what it is to be rejected. He wept over a city that continually refused to receive or believe in him and demanded his crucifixion. And even though innocent, he'd done nothing wrong himself, he gets what it is he gets what it is to be punished and assumed to be guilty because he took on the punishment for our sin and the sins of everyone in this world. You see, the story of Christmas is that Jesus didn't just stand off in the distance passively waiting on us to figure it out and maybe find our way to stumble in the back door of heaven. No, Jesus knows exactly what we needed to bring hope. And he cares enough that he went to work coming to Bethlehem and to a manger and eventually to a Roman cross. That's what frees up room for us to trust again. The truth is, sometimes hope is hard. We get tired of always trying to do the right thing and never having things turn out right. We get tired of always trying to treat people right and always being treated wrong. We get tired of always feeling full of self-pity because it's just like God forgot all about us. Here's what God said to other believers who were tired of waiting on him. In Hebrews chapter 6, verses 10 through 12, he says, God is always fair. Don't worry, Dan, you don't have it. God is always fair. And I would add, even when life isn't. God is always fair. He will not forget your work and the love that you've shown his people. We want each of you to be faithful to the very end. And then what you hope for will be fully realized. You won't become lazy. But you will keep following the example of those who had faith and were You will keep following the example of those who had faith and were patient until God kept his promise to them. God knows that when hope gets hard, we begin to question how fair he really is. God knows that when there's no room left for hope, We're tired of trying to treat people right. That it really will be worth it to us. And when we begin, begin to wonder if life would just be easier if we weren't waiting for God to show up, the bottom line is just this. Hope is what helps you hold on. And now in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19, just a few verses after what I just read in verses 10 through 12, he says, therefore, we have fled to him for refuge. And we can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. This hope is strong and a trustworthy anchor for our soul.
when you feel like life is just going to carry you out into the deep, when you feel like you're so lost in the storm, you don't even know where the sky is anymore. Hope. That soul full of hope is what anchors our life. It wasn't long after that he would remind them of what Jesus felt before going to the cross. In chapter 12, verse 2, he says, For the joy that was before him, he endured the cross. Why? Because he was able to disregard or despise the shame. And now he sits on the right hand of the throne of God. Hope is what got Jesus through. Hope is what will get us through. And that's why Paul reminds them again in verse 13 of Romans 15. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with that confident hope. Paul describes a cycle of confidence there. God encourages us to trust in him, not ourselves. He encourages us to trust in him instead of just outlasting what's going on. So that regardless of our circumstances, we can experience hope. Because we believe that God is greater than whatever's happening to us right now. And rather than obsessing over joy or peace, people renew their trust in God. And as we do, hope returns to us. When we make room for God, we make room for hope. Because now we've been reminded that we can always be confident in God. That's why we pray to God, he says in verse 13. The source of hope. That it will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. And then you will overflow with the confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, since the creation of time, it's been the Spirit of God that's given life to everything in this world. And it's that working of the Spirit by God in us that gives us that sense of joy and peace and an anchor to hang on to. David, want you and the worship team join me on stage. You see, just like in the beginning, the Spirit of God created something from nothing. So if you feel there is no hope in your, in your soul at all, Remember that it was in the Garden of Eden that the Spirit gave life to Adam when he was lifeless. When God's prophets didn't know what to say to his people because they refused to listen, it was the Spirit who inspired them, giving them the next thing that God wanted them to say. When Mary was told by the angel that she would give birth to the Messiah, and she didn't understand how that could happen, it was the Spirit who gave life within her. And when Lazarus and Jesus were dead and buried, it was the Spirit of God who brought them back to life. And when people here and now, today, confess their sin and their absence of hope, but commit their life in trust to God by being baptized into Christ, 
It is his spirit that washes away their sins and fills their life with the hope of a new life. You see, that's the significance of Romans 15, verse 13, and the message that there. I pray that God, the source of hope. You know what? I've said this enough. Why don't you read this with me? You've heard it. There's no surprise here. You can, you can see it. Maybe without your glasses, Jim. But <laughs> distance, right? No problem. Why don't you read this with me? I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Have you made room for God in your life? Maybe the room that God used to occupy got filled with other stuff, with other people, with other hurts. But if you're listening this morning, it's because you found that nothing else fills the space and place of God. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldorf Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.